podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show, Ed Rush on ESPN in association with Betfred. Good to have you with us, gang. This is the show where we take a closer look at some of the best gambling action that you need to be considering looking at the NFL Thanksgiving special. That's why we're dropping midweek right alongside me, a man that we all give thanks to the fact he's part of our crew, the brains of the operation, producer Ollie, back in the hot seat. How are you all? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. It was uh, what an interesting weekend, should we call it, first up for us, man. <laughs> I like the choice of word to describe the yes. weekend. It, well, and also, I guess you could apply Thanksgiving, which is a time of, usually a time of reflection and time to consider life and uh, appreciate the good things in life and reflect on the things you might have lost. Uh, apply all of that to the weekend we just had in our very first Edge Rush episode, which was hit and miss. Yes, no, it definitely was hit and miss. Uh, we rightfully pointed out that the Miami Dolphins line against the Broncos was potentially a trap, yet continued to back it anyway. In fact, I made it my lock of the week and it turned out to be exactly that, a trap. Uh, so you have to give credit to the people setting the lines because they clearly knew something that no one else did. Uh, all of the money went on Miami and uh, yeah, the bookies won. Some you win, some you lose. Hey, we got, we got Rams bucks over that landed. We like the over in the chiefs Raiders game as well, I think. So we, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad, but we're just warming up. No, speaking no of Betfred, we are shout just warming out, up. Big shout out to our partners, Betfred. Appreciate their support, right? Let's get down to business then. Prop. Oh, still rolling with that wire reference. You're not going to let that go. I said, to, I said to you for benefit of our listeners who listened to the last one. And I referenced, uh, Ollie, because he likes a prop bet as prop O instead of prop Joe. I sent you the Wikipedia entry to Proposition Joe because you still haven't as yet in the last five days watched The Wire, have you? No, neither have I opened that Wikipedia link that you sent me. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Too many words? Well, like, do, I, I saw pictures? it, but, yeah. the, but the issue is that I feel like, Nat, you have jinxed me because you give me that nickname what and then out, out of nowhere, yeah. uh, I lose my first prop bet suddenly. So... Marquise Brown, who, what, after having an incredible season last year, decided to drop a catch that even you would have caught what in the first quarter. Mean? What do you mean even? Even mean? you, nah, talking. we've seen, we've seen your, uh, your throwing ability. As you know, you're a goalkeeper in five aside, aren't you? You're exactly right. Exactly. All right with my hands. As I, as I explained to Dan Olofsky all those months ago, uh, a wide receiver, right? Not a quarterback. Yeah. That was my, my <laughs> indication for that. So I, I would have caught it. No doubt about it. Uh, well, listen, I don't think Propo is particularly sticking anyway, right? I don't feel like it. I don't feel it's, it's catching on. We won't put that out to, on our social channels at the NC Show, see what uh, the gang out there think about it, whether we should stick with that as a nickname. We'll find a better one for you. Maybe that's what we'll roll out. I'll speak to, to Marley and the crew and uh, see what they can get cooking on social. Right, let's get down to business. Three games. Love Thanksgiving these days with three games because back in the day, and you're far too young uh, to remember all, but back in the day, we had to make do with one and it was often a, a drab encounter, but we had football anyway on, this is pre-Thursday night football as well, right? So we had football on a different day of the week. Now, these days, it's a triple header. Two games that I think could conceivably be described as mediocre encounters and then one more promising one. But hey, who cares? It's football, it's food, it's kicking back and enjoying. So let's start with Houston, Detroit. What's the lines looking like here? 
Well, before we get into the line specifically for that game, I just wanted to give you a trend that, to set the tone for Thanksgiving, shall we say. And that is that favoured teams have been dominating on Thanksgiving over the past four years. Since 2016, the favourites have gone 11 and 1 straight up and 9 and 3 against the spread. Ooh, wow. Which, uh, yeah, take it, take it as you will, Nat, but that actually definitely favours the Houston Texans going into Texans Lions because the Texans are favoured as minus 2.5 points, the over under mm. at 51 and a half. Now, the over is 10 and 1 in Lions' last 11 home games. Right. And the total has gone over in five of Houston's last six games on the road. Now, a lot of money has been coming in on the under at 51 and a half. I think that's largely due to the fact that the Detroit Lions have just gone and scored zero points against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, But, I mean, this is a completely different situation. Right. Stafford, I severely doubt, is going to want to replicate that in any way and, in fact, want to do the opposite, especially with everyone watching on Thanksgiving. The game will be played indoors at Ford Field. It looks like he's probably going to have Kenny Golladay back. So I expect Detroit to actually put up quite a lot of points in this game. And we all know about Deshaun Watson. He's on absolute fire at the minute. He is playing some incredible football. He's thrown 250 plus yards and six out of his last seven games. Mm. And the one that he didn't was against the Browns where it was just ridiculously windy and there was no offense whatsoever. So it's looking like, I feel like the trends are setting towards there being a lot of points, but there is, Thanksgiving tends to be quite cagey affairs. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game for some it's, reasons. Yeah, the shorter week, right? You've you obviously got to fact, factor that and that makes sense. I, I, I'm with you 100% on the recency bias overreaction to, to Detroit. I mean, it's the first time ever in Stafford's career, right, that's happened. But he apparently was carrying a thumb injury during that game. Now, you don't know if that is just deflecting the bullets and particularly as well with Swift out and, and Golladay was out as well, Amadola. So you can understand why it was the perfect negative storm for them. And if, if Golladay's back, that's huge. Swift, I think you need to keep a really tight and close look. And there was a gamble, I guess, that Stafford just isn't fit. But if he is good to go, a, a quarterback uh, of this experience will, will tough it out and, and play through it. I'm with you on the Houston Texans continuing where they left off, particularly because this Lions pass rush isn't great. And that's been one of the big issues for Houston is, is the offensive line, of course, and protecting Watson. I just don't think that that's a huge concern for them in this game, right? So looking at what Watson did against the Pats, which was essentially 400 yards near enough all in, 344 in the air with two touchdowns. He got one on the ground and, and rushed for around 40 I can see him doing more of the same here. So I, 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 like the, I like the idea of the over. I like where you're going with that. I think it is tempting. I think with Houston, the moment under the magic three line, they're two and a half, at the time of recording this, I'm all over that, all over that. I like a Houston for the win. And if it stays under, under three, then I, I like, the, like the line as well. Yeah, quite a lot of the money has been coming in on Houston. That's not surprising. I think everyone would agree that the Texans are much better than their record suggests. Mm-hmm. But the only, there's a statistic going against them. They are, um, in their last five road games, the Texans have gone one and four against the spread. But looking back at earlier opposition, they came across... What are those road this, games? Yeah, I mean, hardcore. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. So take, you've got to put that into context with all of these statistics. And one of those obviously included Steelers. Um, so I would lean towards... Houston, purely based on the fact that they're just a form team right now, although you never know Matthew Stafford when he's got the ball in his hand. In sort of the fourth quarter, he's one of the most unpredictable quarterbacks. So I think this one is going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either side, but I do expect there to be a lot of points. 
Here's where I'm going with it officially then on, on my side. If Swift and Galladay play, I like the over. If, if yeah. either of those are out, I'd be exactly. less, I'd be more, more tentative, less, less secure with it. But either way, I'm, I'm liking Houston minus two and a half. Okay, Dallas yeah. Washington next. Uh, of course, they played a month back, and it was the game that Dalton went out, wasn't it? Right. So it was. I think when we first saw the Nush, when Dalton Dak had already gone, and Dalton got knocked out injured, and the Nush just <laughs> self self combusted. Uh, so twenty five three Washington smashed him. It's a different proposition now, right? Because this this Cowboys offense is humming. So based on if we're following through what we saw last time out and Dalton back and points getting put up last time out for the Cowboys in a, in a shot win, certainly an upset win, a dog win. What's, uh, what is the line looking like? So interestingly, the line opened um, with uh, basically a pick with the Cowboys getting the point um, and it's moved quite dramatically. A lot of money, obviously, since they beat the Minnesota Vikings, understandably in quite impressive fashion as well. The money has come in on the Dallas Cowboys and now the line in Betfred has actually moved to minus three and a half for the Cowboys. Mm. Um, And then the total started at around 47, 48 and a half and it's already moved down to the 45 areas, 46 as uh, time of recording. So a lot of money coming in on the under as well. I understand the app application of, of recent results opposed to necessarily looking at the season as a whole, but Dallas have given up 24 passing touchdowns this season. That's a league high. Quarterback ratings 106.6 on the year. Alex Smith is finding his groove. There's, there's no doubt about that. So that lends itself to my mind that points will be given up by the Cowboys. The question is, can they contain this Washington defense, and particularly the pass rush, right? And you were, we were talking before we recorded, you were, talk, you were talking about the, the movement that Dallas have had on the line, which seemed to certainly had uh, some success against the Vikings, right? They, they contained the Vikings pass, pass rush pretty effectively. Yeah, no, they did. They moved Zach Martin to right tackle and it felt like Andy Dalton had a lot more time in the pocket in this game than he has done in previous matchups. But at the same time, I still think this is a completely different prospect in terms of the pass rush from the Washington football team. Chase Young is a blockbuster player and we all know that he'll want to go out and impress everyone on the big stage on Thanksgiving. Just looking on the other side of the ball, actually, I the Dallas Cowboys just physically could not stop number one wide receivers Mm. and they're one of the strongest pieces, if not the strongest piece on the Washington football's offense is Terry McLaurin. Scary Mm. Terry. And I think that he will look to also have a big day. I mean, Thielen went for 120 plus yards and two TDs last week. Juju Smith-Schuster for the Steelers had 93 yards and one touchdown against the Cowboys. They even let up 78 yards and a touchdown to Travis Fulgham, who was the wide receiver one for the Eagles at the time when they played them. So I think that this, if you're going to maintain my nickname as Propo, I just yeah. like the look of Terry McLaurin having a big day on Sneaking that in, all right, McLaurin. Well, as any time touchdown score, you might take a look at. I would like to. Say, I would like to. Although, as we know, it didn't go quite to plan with Hollywood Brown. And going anytime touchdown score is a little bit more precarious than necessarily going for the over yardage. Mm. So for him to get over a certain amount of yards, which hasn't been necessarily released yet, so I probably looked to do that unless it's obviously ridiculously high in the eighties or the nineties. But I would expect him to have at least 60, 70 plus yards. I like the. I like the idea of the Cowboys putting up points despite the pass rush. And I know that, that they had six sacks in that win. The, I like the idea of the Cowboys putting up points anyway, despite the pass rush, because Zeke hit hundred yards for the first time in, certainly was that this season for a long time. And 
So they, they, they filled their boots, but it was, I think, a misleading stat for, for reasons we've explained. The, the, the line was in all kinds of disarray then, Dallas. I'm not saying it's been magically fixed, but back then it was. And it was, and it was noosh, right? I mean, you know, let's, let's put this in perspective. They had four sacks against the Bengals this Sunday. People are keying in on that, Washington. But as a Bengals fan, oh, that's a terrible line too, right? I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it is, so yeah. this, it doesn't necessarily stand to reason they're going to fill their boots here. And I, I love the point about prime time as well. It's something that we've got to consider. There are players here, and particularly you look at someone like Chase Young, who, despite being a high-profile rookie, is playing for a, a pretty mediocre team right now that's not getting a huge amount of attention. It hasn't been in prime time um, ever this season so far. Anyway, certainly not uh, certainly different proposition to, to playing for one of the series contenders. So I like that. And that's something we should look at, uh, I think, across the board with next game. So what, where are we going with this? So what we, um, I, I don't feel strongly either way. I think that is a dangerous game. I think Dallas are one of those teams that get a lot of casual money uh, and, and that, affects it and distorts the line a little bit but i guess particularly on thanksgiving it wouldn't surprise me if that line went a little bit further but the the, the over under might be worth a look so it's interesting that you would lean towards the over considering that a lot of the money's been coming in on the under because the last in the last 10 games between washington and dallas the over has gone as hit eight out of 10 times mm-hmm. so that's something to look at necessarily maybe it's just when you have these two divisional matchups it tends to be a little bit more high scoring and it, for me, I was when it was at Pickham, I would have definitely taken Dallas. I think Dallas, I would anticipate win this game. I see them winning this game. I see them getting the revenge victory. I can't see Washington beating them twice in a row. But I, three points is, seems quite like quite a lot mm. for this these two teams. And interestingly, since the money all came in with the Cowboys and the line moved, it's kind of balanced out a little bit and more money although the percentage of bets is the same on the Cowboys, more money is actually coming in on Washington. So I think as soon as that line moved up, people actually saw more value in the Washington football team. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we don't feel strongly uh, on many things there, but maybe look at that prop at all suggested. And yeah, at a push, I'd look at the over. Ravens Steelers is fascinating as well because a lot of key injuries, first of all, for, for the Ravens that we know of for sure. J.K. Dobbins is going to be out. Ingram, of course, is out. Yeah. Their running game is going to be affected, but there might be other concerns defensively again for them, which um, it, uh, earlier on today, before we start recording, was off the board for a while as well. So this is something you've got to be mindful of, I guess, uh, as with any uh, any action you look at is looking at uh, key inactives, but they could be particularly depleted, the Ravens going in into this one. The game a few weeks back, right, which was w- the one that Pittsburgh won, but... Yeah. There were four turnovers, four, remember, crucial turnovers yeah. that Baltimore really threw the game away, right? And breaking the game down more statistically, Baltimore outgained Pittsburgh in yardage, mm-hmm. 457 to 221. First downs narrow, but still significant enough, 25 to 19 in favor of Baltimore. Time of possession, they had almost 10 minutes more possession. That game was lost because they were profligate with the ball. Lamar, in particular, is profligate with the ball so that makes me a little bit skeptical this could be uh this could be a bit of a trap i when we were talking about the lines at the start of the week the early looks i was shocked right i was you were line started at three didn't it so basically initially it started at four i think it opened at four and then money just came in on ravens for certain reasons that i'll get into in, in a moment and then as soon as the injuries started to emerge people started putting all the money on the Steelers. And that, in fact, even now looking at the percentages, a lot of the money is still going on Pittsburgh. And also a lot of money is going on the under. I think that's largely due to the pieces lost by yeah. the Ravens. I think that 
logically makes a lot of sense, right? Because that ground game is severely depleted and that is not a good, doesn't mean they're not getting any ground game going, but it, but it, but it's a, a very different situation, putting more and more emphasis and pressure reliance on a passing attack and Lamar in the air at the moment that isn't working. It isn't working. Mm. So I think it's a hugely challenging. Pittsburgh have also got a um, very, very good cornerback, Mike Hilton back from injury against Jacksonville last week. And you saw, obviously, I know it's Jake Luton is a slightly different prospect to Lamar Jackson, but at the same <laughs> time, they, they did look immense in their secondary as well as up front, which is what people have been saying Pittsburgh's weaknesses. So I think that's also quite precarious for the Ravens if they've managed to get stronger in the backfield as well defensively. So it's interesting that you said you think this could be a trap though. The Ravens are 5-1 and one against the spread since the start of the 2018 season in games where they're an underdog of three or more. Mm. Road dogs off a loss are 73-50-5 against the spread. Mm-hmm. So I think it tends to be, it's that recency bias creeping in again, which I think a lot of the sharps are picking up on and trying to take advantage of is the idea that basically buy low, sell high. Yeah. And, the it's the, the and it's the number as well that, that, that yeah. sounds like a self-evident thing, but often it's overlooked, right? Look at that number. And uh, when it was three, that were, or if it, did you say it started at three or started at four? So it started at four, went down to three, and now it's gone back yeah. up to four. When it was three, uh, that was more tempting. But even then, I mean, if it had probably dropped to two and a half, then I'd, then I'd have a different perspective on this. But I think it's, I think it's the line that I'm, the number that I'm concerned about more than anything. And it, and it's just a hard, it's such a hard one to call because although they've been indifferent for for weeks now offensively, uh, and they are banged up defensively, and, and again, dependent on how uh, much of an impact COVID is this week in, in that respect. The Ravens have in Lamar a quarterback that is capable of, of game change, of turning a game on its head in, in one play, let alone one drive. And so it's, a, it's, it's difficult to look at them as a heavy dog and go against them in that respect. But my, I suppose my instinct is without that ground game, Dobbins being out uh, and the, the impact of that weaker ground game, the way that Lamar is playing at the moment, uh, that concerns me. And the way that the Steelers' defense is playing at the moment which, you know, is, is not just stifling, but it's also playmaking and Minka again. And I get the point that the Jags are a different, different kettle of fish, but yeah, really on the fence with it because I, I, I think the Steelers win the game and I, it's whether they, they, they cover because too much pressure is put on Lamar's arm and he can't deliver. Yeah, I think it's going to be one that is largely dependent on the battle up front from the Ravens offense to the Steelers defense. Obviously, everyone knows about TJ Watt and the amount of pressure and the amount of sacks that the Steelers team gets. I think they've got a sack in their last 67 games or something ridiculous like that. Um, And obviously, ever since losing Ronnie Stanley, Mm. the Ravens have looked disorganized to say the least on the offensive line. And as someone who's had more... Uh, hope in the Ravens than most in the past couple of weeks. It's been incredibly painful to watch Lamar Jackson play make and then for the yellow flag to fly on the fly on the field and it get called back for holding. So I just hope that the Ravens, although obviously it's a short week going into this game, manage to get a little bit more organised and that battle isn't a complete mismatch like some people say it might be. All right, to recap that, I think what we like most of all is the over in Houston, Detroit. I like Houston yep. as well. That's my kind of strongest pick. So I'm going to lock, lock either of those up, really. More, a bit more indifferent, I think, on the Dallas-Washington game, but maybe shading. I might be shading the over on that one. Uh, and Raven Steel is the hardest one to call. 
I guess, leaning towards the Steelers with the points if it doesn't get out of control, but liked it a lot more at three than I do now at four and a half uh, based on the time of recording. What about you? Does that about sum it up? Anything you want to add to that one? I think that does sum it up. What I might do is just throw it in there because I got caught out by the trap last week. Why don't I go against what would be considered the trap and go, I think the Ravens might cover it plus four and a half. Like it. Okay, uh, there we go. You can head over uh, to betfred.com to get involved with that. Uh, check the latest odds. 18 plus, of course, be gambleaware.org for more info and please gamble uh, responsibly. We're back with our week 12 preview. Big O on Thursday. Uh, David Whitney in the house for the first time. Comedian. Looking forward to it. He's a Giants fan, so we'll have a lot of fun at his expense. Um, well, I against the Bengals. Be set for the weekend. Yeah. Oh, perfect. What, Joe? Well, the, the Giants play facing the Bengals. And actually looking at the early line for them, I think the Giants could be uh, quite a favourite going into that one, considering that I can't anticipate Ryan Finley's going to have a big day. I like Ryan, but he's got some Ben Denucci vibes about him. Uh, yeah, and that's not a good vibe. He's got the Nate Peterman vibes, and those are not good vibes no. to have. Uh, incidentally, before we get out of Dodge, bet Fred. Uh, sponsor supports Safer Gambling Week. Uh, an extensive range of tools allowing Betfred customers complete control over the time and money uh, they spend on gambling to make sure it is kept fun. They firmly believe that gambling should be an enjoyable activity for everybody. For more information, as I mentioned earlier, be gambleaware.org. There's a responsible gambling section on the Betfred website as well or the app. Appreciate their support as ever. Appreciate your insight. Oh, we're going to drop some videos on our social channels as well. Speaking of which, shout out to, let me just get it up here. Uh, and a lot of you, I uh, really appreciate the reviews you leave on the pod channels that we're on. Massively appreciate that. Uh, there's one for you all that I'm going to dig out now that was left uh, in the last couple of days. Don't know if it's a relation, if it, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Thornton, mummy, <laughs> mummy Thornton might have left this. It says, loving, uh, this is from 82 Tardelli. Uh, and the headline, short and sharp picks, says 82 Tardelli. This is over on, on Apple Pod. Loving the brand new Edge Rush show with Nat and Ollie. Great work again by these guys. Always worth a listen on anything NFL related. So, I mean, literally anything. Thanks, Tardelli. Appreciate that. Liking your work, Ollie. So that's good. That's a good start. Yeah, my granddad is also called Tardelli and 82 years old. So that, <laughs> but we, we don't need granddad to tell anyone that. Salute yeah. to you for that. Uh, keep those coming. We appreciate that. Uh, that puts a smile on our face. Hope you've enjoyed the Edge Rush Show. We're back uh, with the regular show Thursday for all uh, the Week 12 action previewed. Enjoy Thanksgiving, gang. We'll see you then. Bye for now. Podcast Network.